Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 32 and 33. Be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Walk in your obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live, thank you, so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. I read that again. Do not, so be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Walk in obedience, verse 33, to all the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live, you may prosper, you may prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Today we continue the sermon series one step at a time. But we want to define what it is to be prosperous in the Lord. What is prosperity? What is it? We began the sermon series by talking about walking in obedience. Last week, like I've said, we talked about the benefit, which is life, one of them. Today, we're talking about benefit number two. That is prosperity. But what is that? You know prosperity, hey, prosperity. It is a word that evokes a lot of emotion. When you hear prosperity nowadays, the first thing you think about the prosperity preachers, prosperity gospel. One of the things that intrigues me about prosperity is the fact that it is a very good word. It is not evil. It is not something that is negative. And yet, for some reason, guys that are wicked, guys that are not right, allow me to even mention drug dealers, guys who do things that are very wrong in our society, tend to look prosperous. It is why David in the book of Psalms coins the term, Jehovah, how come the wicked are prospering? That is mine. How is it that those who do not love the Lord also look like they are prospering? That is something that bothers me. But I think one of the biggest things today is what I've said before. The prosperity gospel. Welcome back. It is so sad that our fellow ministers have gotten to the point that we actually propagating for prosperity. This is what it looks like. Prosperity gospel looks something like this. It highlights the preacher as the man of God. Fred Ndiyoule Jaman, he is the man of the hour. Wind your dad, I'm a man. <laughs> the preacher or the minister doesn't encourage Bible reading. They have the word of God. Someones are mostly on giving, tithing, and that will always be materially blessed when you give and when you tithe. It insists that if Abraham is blessed materially, then we must be blessed materially as well. Yes, Abraham is the father of faith. I am also full of the blessing of God. It means that when you are born again, it propagates that when you are born again, 
that material wealth is definitely your uh, what you get. It insists that if you faith it, as long as you faith it, as long as you faith it, nothing else, that you'll be wealthy. And you'll be the richest man on earth. And it goes to a place of saying prayer is a tool to force God to grant us wealth. My prayer for us this year is that you will hold me accountable. Ukiona tu imeanza kuenda prosperity. Niambia mchungaji, the word of God. Let's be like the Berean church. I'll give you guys permission in the house of God. Let's be like the Berean church. Whenever we stand here and share the word of God, we will be accountable to it. If you do not understand it, say, pastor, there is a word you said that I actually don't understand. There's something you said that I think is not what God has written in his word. That is how we grow with one another. Even in your home, in your relationships, at the workplace. That is what God expects of you and I. To chambua the word, to look at every line in the scripture. And check whether this, what you said, conforms to what God has said. Let's not be like what we have just said. All of us, on the other hand, just like life, define prosperity differently. The top definition of prosperity on most lips is the possession of a lot of money. Or the type of success that comes from having a lot of money. We define prosperous people this way. The clothes they wear. The cars they drive. Hey, Juicy, I saw the, the 2012 crown. My goodness. And I was parking. You can say, my Jesus. You've seen the new Range Rover Vela. The cars people drive, the area, and the houses they live in. I have a friend who's, who's, who's here with us. He has a house at Kianan. I walked in, back, I was like, what am I doing in this world? Siangali, see where I'm looking. I'm Simuangali. The houses. The means of travel that we used to go to Mombasa, Kisumu, for holiday and the rest. The watch that we wear, the phones that we have. Not forgetting the places we go to eat. The places we go to shop. And the, the, the size of the shopping trolley. You know these things, Tunaziangalianga, and we, we judge quickly. We say, ah, this one, who you are Konazo, who you, who you are. Kibeba apu kabakaka kamboga na sijui maziwambili. We are like, oi. January. Like yesterday, I went to just get mboga. Mboga waida, I have mboga on my menu every week. But the looks I was being given. And then the guy next to me was buying a, what was it, a washing machine. So he was being looked like, hmm? Kati kati ya this one. We define prosperity differently, guys. Each one of us has a definition. But prosperity is the state of being prosperous, which is having good fortune. It is being wealthy or having a rich and full life. After the least we've mentioned, do you feel prosperous? Yes, 
Do you think you're prosperous? Just listen to your neighbor. Do you think? Are you? Are you? Do, do you have? Are you a prosperous person? Are you somebody? Yeah. Do you think you have success? When him to? Can we call you wealthy? No, no, no. We call us in a Do you remember Abraham with his nephew Lord? The Bible tells us that they were so wealthy that the parcel of land they had together, they had to just quit and look for new land. Abraham goes, hey brother, my, my, my nephew, uh, this land is too small for us. The Bible writes that to the point he tells, they tell the family, okay, now you choose that property we are seeing over there and go. So that the immense wealth we have can be comfortable. That guy was wealthy. Remember Solomon? I'm not talking about his wives. Amen? I'm talking about his wealth. Actually, Solomon was so wealthy that the standard of silver was not in existence. He was the standard. Gold itself. Ukisema gold, unasema Solomon. Gold, Solomon. Solomon, this guy was wealthy. Joseph was so good with how he managed wealth to the point a whole country employed him. Wakasema Buddha, you are good. You need to show us how the next couple of years, because we sense famine is coming, easy miyakazitaka. That guy was wealthy. His mind was good. Do you feel wealthy this morning? January near you. Fridge in a this man could be called prosperous, rich, wealthy, and every name you can imagine. But were they really prosperous? Were they wealthy? Were they rich before the Lord? That is what we want to find out today. I want us to open Luke chapter 12 from verse 16. Luke chapter 12. If you can open with me, Luke 12 from verse 16. Luke chapter 12. Luke 12 from verse 16, I'll read to verse 34. And he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater ones. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. I will say to my soul, soul, you have much goods laid up for many years. Take this, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, you fool, this night your soul will be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be that you have provided yourself? So is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Allow me to continue verse 22. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, for your body what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body more than raiment or clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouses nor barns, and God feeds them. How much more are you better than these fowls? And which of you taking thought can add into his stature one cubit? Which of you can add height unto him? Verse 26. 
If ye be then not able to do that which is least, why do you take thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. Yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is cast to the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek ye not that which you shall eat, or what you shall drink, neither be ye of a doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows you have need of these things. But rather seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, verse 32, little frog, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell all that you have and give alms. Provide for yourselves bag, bags which works not old. A treasure in the heavens that fail not. Where no thief approach, neither the moth do corrupt. Verse 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus was starting to teach about his kingdom. He was starting to remind these people why he came. He was telling them, guys, this is the reason that I came here for. I came to remind you about the treasure of God, about where your treasure needs to be. And he tells them categorically, for where your treasure is, where your heart longs for, that is where your heart actually is. Jesus has told us that it is perfectly okay to lay up treasure for yourself. It is okay to get rich. There's nothing wrong, my goodness. It is okay to make money. It is okay to be healthy. But not at the expense of laying up treasure in God. Getting rich in God. Making your God, your, making God your sustenance and being healthy in him. Don't just do one. It will, be a it will be a tragedy of the highest order if all you did in this world is make money and die. God is not in that business. He never just called you to live a beautiful life. And that's it. Third John verse 1, chapter 1 verse 2 tells us the same thing. It says, allow me to read. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. I love the KJV version. That was NIV. KJV puts this way. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper. Above all things that you prosper. But even as your soul prospers. This means that we are to be prosperous in all our areas of health. All of them. We're not just to be prosperous in our soul, but outside of us as well. This is what I mean. We're to be prosperous emotionally. You need to be healthy emotionally. That includes your mind, your spirit, your soul. Every bit of you outside of what we see must be healthy. On top of that, you must be healthy physically. What was Jim here? We are to be fit, social, healthy. We must have friends, crying out loud. 
We must have good friendships. But more than that, we must also be fit financially. In our financial health, we must answer the question of whether we have mastered our resources or whether the resources have mastered us. Is money our God or have we made money bow down to us? That is the question in financial health. Do we control money or does it control us? Ukifika tao ama pale junction and you see something, does it empower you or does it overpower you or are you like, eh, hey, self-control? Iye higo kwa budget. Watu wa budget, amen? Hmm, this, watu wa liba kuhisa it, man, you bar, it is yango. Are we serving our money or is our money serving us? That's the question in financial health. Economists have said that the number one check for financial property is what? Is your income. Believe it or not. Your income is the number one check for financial prosperity. Your income. I know you're like, oh, boss, that's a lie. And I actually win whatever amount it is. Are you living above or below your means? That's the question of financial health. Dave Ramsey, author of Total Money Maker, one of the most powerful books in the last decade, said this, your income is the fastest way to build your wealth. Your income, that five shillings, that 50 bob, that one million, that is your fastest way to build your wealth. It is not that until I start earning this amount is when I'll be okay. It's that until I start living below my means, that's when I'll be okay. Make all the necessary financial steps, I beg you, this 2020. One step at a time to be healthy. Praise the Lord. How many want to be financially healthy in 2020? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a good round of applause. Mm. In our social health, we must answer the question of whether we have good, solid friendships that pour into us positively and vice versa. Let's give them a good round of applause. Come on, guys. Come on. Do you have friends? Do you relate well with others? Do you have good, solid friendships that pour into you and them to you as well? We must do that. And this year, purpose, if they're not there, pray the Lord for them. Find good, solid friendships. Friendships that can build you as a believer, that can build you as a businessman, build you as whatever it is God has gifted you to do. We must be socially healthy. And I pray that for you in 2020. Amen? In our physical health, hey, we must answer the question whether we are fit. Ama ukipanda stairs, unahema by step number four. I'm not looking at anyone. Me see your point fingers. Are you in? <laughs> are you in good physical? Are you in good physical health? Answer it for yourself. Juicy. I went through a flight of stairs. I think it was to the second floor. 
By the time I was on floor number one, I needed a break. Chekeni tu. Mnacheka naona mkismai. Napigo wengi. Na natuona hapa. Haya. This is 10 kgs above where I need to be. Najua sikai amen. But it's more than what I need to be. God actually wants you to be physically healthy. He actually wants you to be physically healthy. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper even as your soul prospers. 2020 papas, papas, we have 11 months to go. That by December tukiangaliana hapa, itakuwa ni catwalk tukienda hivi. Mbele na nyuma. Amen. Apart from making sure we in good financial, social and physical health, at the top of Jesus's prosperity definition for us is the prosperity of your soul. The prosperity of your soul above your physical, above your emotional, above your social health is the prosperity for your soul. Emotionally, one of the greatest tra- tragedies, tragedies of today is mental health. Mental health is messing us up. But guys, we need to have it checked. If you have a family member, stop ignoring. You know, you better to be like putting things at the back door. Uko, we don't want guys to know. If you are at a place where you know, yes, let's have ourselves, let's find some help. But above all of that, Christ is saying, on top of his prosperity definition for you for me on top of everything else our spiritual sorry our emotional health your soul the prosperity of your soul is what Christ really values because out of your soul flows life to the rest of your body how is your soul prospering today can you actually say that my soul is okay my mind my thoughts my actions that set stem forth from my my mind are they in a in a healthy place our emotional health means the control of our thoughts our feelings and our behaviors the soul governs our emotions so is your soul prospering has it been prospering the last decade Can you say that whatever you've laid down to do this year you are gearing up to the prospering of your soul have you laid anything down to help your soul to prosper that is on Jesus's number one list i want us to do a, pro, a, a full prosperity check on our soul now tusaidiane tukidogo number one this is on the check have you received jesus For your soul to prosper, Christ must be needed. For you to prosper, sorry I'm not the prosperity guys. Number one is Jesus. You can have billions in the bank, but if you do not have him, I bet your prosperity is for nothing. Do you know him? Have you accepted him into your heart? I beg you. Do not allow January to end. Do not allow your life to end on this earth if you've not found him. Find him. Allow him into your heart because what he does, he comes in and replaces the old man inside of you 
the man that is destined for hell with his Holy Spirit, a newness comes to you. No wonder we can say now like Paul, the old man is gone, a new one is come. Do you have Jesus inside of you? Number two, are you then acting out doing those things that signify a prosperous soul? For your soul to prosper, we must see the actions. Remember the first we talked about walking in obedience? We must see it. This is how. Number one, are you hardworking? I am, Kifkira Nimchezo, Proverbs 24, warns us that lazy hands make for poverty. But diligent, hardworking hands, they bring wealth, riches, prosperity. Can you say that the talents and gifts God has given you are being put to use? your God is calling laziness. Are you hardworking in the house of God? Whatever He has blessed you with. Do you remember the parable of the talents? By digging out some sand, some, some soil. When the master came back, you lazy servant. You couldn't even put this one gift. For it to even at least get some profit. What is the gifting God has placed in your heart? What is your talent? What is that thing God is always pestering you to do? I have blessed you to do this. Is what God is calling laziness. You may actually be earning billions, but not are the thing God has called you to do. Because you're probably scared that if I choose to do what God is calling me to do, hey, Mazem Taumia. That is still laziness. It's, that's the word of God. Proverbs 10.4 Lazy hands will make for poverty. Diligent, hardworking hands bring wealth, riches, and prosperity. Number two, are you content? Action, action, from your soul. You have Christ, so do you have contentment? Contentment is simply this. Satisfaction. Like whatever state, Paul Alisema, he has allowed me to be in. After my hard work, I am content. Can you confess that today? The famous Greek philosopher Socrates once said that contentment is natural wealth. When you're content, you are actually a prosperous person. You're very wealthy. You're very rich. Contentment is wealth. We must be content with what God has allowed us to have despite our hard work. If it's 10 shillings, then the 10 shillings must work for us. If it's our income, then like we said before, we must live below the 10 shillings. Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, Godliness, godliness, walking in obedience, Walking, hearing what the word of God. Walking, obeying God with contentment is great gain. Let me say that again. Godliness with contentment, great gain. The NLT version, New Living Translation, puts it very nicely. True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. So are you content? with the life God has allowed you to have today. I know we desire a million and one things. My goodness, if I gave you my list, I don't need rebuke. But 
today as I talk this Sunday morning afternoon am I content with what God has allowed in my life because if I am not then probably I'm not prosperous praise the Lord contentment will help us become grateful every day it builds the muscle of gratitude and thankfulness in you because you slowly see and understand that God is the giver of everything. The small and the much. The more you're grateful, the more you're content. It further helps us to see that God, God gives more than just money as a resource. Some of us are issue is, I don't have enough. Where will I have enough? Sikugani takuwa na enough. And God is like, what about all these other things I have allowed you to have in your space? The family, the friends, the resources. What of the air that you breathe? Have you even thanked me for that? God blesses us with peace in circumstances, with joy, with love. Things that money will never be able to buy. It will protect you from greed. Contentment does do that. It protects you from greed. It robs you greed from happiness and joy that then immerses you into unhealthy practices like comparison, like we said last week. And the biggest of all, debt living. Jesus. Debt living. What does debt do, number one, that is so powerful in our lives? It robs us of the future. And it gives us this pride. What debt normally is, guys, is it's a prideful thing in your life that almost makes you assume that you are the God of tomorrow. How? In the back of your mind, you've actually seen yourself pay the debt, which is in your future, which translates to you are in the future. How do you even know whether tomorrow will be alive? How do we know? God said he has ordered our steps. He has helped us to understand that he has numbered our days. He has numbered, not me, not you. Death makes you have the pride of being the very God of your life. Let's avoid it, guys. Apo, I'm speaking to myself as well. Let's avoid. Death is the biggest indication of pride. It is. Choose 2020, I beg you, to decide that we clear the debt in our lives because more than anything, it affects the generations that are following us. The young ones, the Zaras, my, my daughter, the Zanda, my son, those are the people it will affect. Do you remember Michael Jackson, who died with a debt of over $400 million? Who do you think paid it? His people. Guys, let's try. It's tough, but let's try. We've talked about hardworking. We've talked about being content. The next one is we need to be generous. The level of generosity in your heart will determine how prosperous you become. Let me say that again. The level of generosity in your heart will determine how prosperous you become. Let me explain. It's January. I have received a call that you want to come to visit me. Nani around 1 p.m. Ni lunchtime. So you come in, ni konanja, 
But I want you to come here. I am waiting for you to leave. Amen. Atayini kuchaya kanisawa. Generosity. Are you generous? Remember Abraham with his, with his nephew. When he told his nephew that they need new parcels of land, Abraham goes ahead to tell his nephew, dude, you take the first choice. Choose. This is his nephew. He doesn't need to do that. But he tells him to choose. And so Lot chooses the parcel of land that looks amazing. One of the reasons Abraham was so blessed, was so prosperous, is because he was so generous. Even to somebody he was not supposed to be generous to. His nephew. He went over and above what he was supposed to do. And blessed the young man. Are you generous in God's house today? One of the reasons he's considered one of the most prosperous people is because of the generosity in his life. Philippians 2.4 reminds us to not only look to our own interests, but each of us to look to the interests of others. To see to quiet let's look to others this 2020. Remember the story of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath, 1 Kings chapter 17. God tells Elijah, go to a land that I will show you, and there a lady will feed you. Elijah gets there because of obedience, and the lady is like, hey boss, I don't know what this God has told you, but me seen a food. I'm only left with this kidogo up. Elijah is like, but God told me to come to you. So she's like, okay, if God told you, sour, is the last bit, so watch a and we die. And God is like, uh-uh. Let me show you what being prosperous is. Because she did that, the Bible tells us that the flour and the oil of this lady never ran out. Are you generous in the house of God today? I beg you. Generosity is not kindness. Don't confuse the two of them. Kindness is a quality of being friendly and considerate, while generosity refers to someone's willingness to give more than required. More time, more help, more money, especially more than strictly necessary or expected. That is what Abraham did. Miss Chikaman Mifika, I don't know whether you're there. God is calling us to that place. Finally, we must be eternally minded eternally minded. When Abraham asked Lord to choose the land he'd go to after both their wealth was too much for the land they were in, Lord chose the best looking land and it looked like Abraham had gotten the raw end of the deal. Later we see God blessing Abraham's remaining peace that so greatly outshined Lord's beautiful piece of land. We see Abraham having an eternal perspective Lord had an immediate one. In the eyes of both Abraham and Lord, Lord's land looked amazing. My goodness. It looked pretty. The rest of the land that was left to Abraham looked dry. Looked like it had nothing. But God chooses to bless Abraham more than he does Lord. Why Abraham saw the eternal mind of God? Lord, Aleona too, the immediate one. 
Abraham's having a little piece of land had purpose. It was for the generations after him. Lord's beautiful piece of land had no purpose at all but to be the wicked capital of the world, Sodom and Gomorrah. When your wealth, however small, however little, has purpose, you're prosperous. We must say from today, I will make sure, first of all, I live below it and plan for the generations after me with it. When you give it purpose, God makes you prosperous. Let's give the Lord a good round of applause. Mm. This year, this is my thing for you. At every turn of a job search, while on Atafuta spouses, I'm not pointing fingers. Those who are investing and in everything else, choose the eternal perspective over the immediate satisfactions. Don't refuse the job because the starting doesn't look that great despite it having promotion possibilities in the future. Don't refuse the date, single people. Yeah, single people? Hi. Mm. Don't refuse because they're just walking. Anagari. Don't refuse because I'm a Kataka is bank statement. <laughs> moving on swiftly, moving on swiftly. Don't invest only because it looks like it has quick returns. Choose the eternal perspective over the immediate satisfactions. Refuse the expensive holiday and save for your children and your grandchildren, grandchildren's future. Do what you have to do for the generations that are coming after you, for your children, for your children's children. Proverbs 13.22, remember what King Solomon tells us? A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. It is not about just your children. We need to go beyond. Guys, in closing, I purpose, let's purpose to be hardworking and not lazy, to be content and not discontent. To be generous and not greedy. And finally, to be eternally minded and not for immediate satisfaction. This year, my prayer for each one of you and for myself is that we may prosper, that our soul may prosper, that every part of us, part of us may prosper. We may not look to the world that you're prospering, but before God, my prayer is that you prosper. Amen. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Rubani House on Shriji Road, off Airport North Road.